Blog Talk Radio. You pay for it, and you usually never use it. Is this just a waste of money, or is there a purpose to insurance? What if you genuinely can't afford it? What then? You have tuned in to Debt Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Beerman here. Our website is debtfreewealthradio.com. Debt Free Wealth Radio is a production of TrudyBearman.com. Thank you for taking us along with you as you're listening in on your mobile phone, on the web, through Stitcher Radio or iTunes Podcast. Welcome. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately leads to equipping you to enjoy lifestyle upgrades the debt-free wealth way. Let me guide you to debt-free wealth. Today's topic is why do you need insurance and what to do when you think you can't afford it. Life, health, long-term care, property, business, liability, these are just some of the types of insurances out there. No question, it is for, it is for many people something they see as an expensive monthly commitment. And many feel angry that they have to pay it. Some just, just decide not to, and some worry that they can't afford to. The insurance issue is hotly debated, and even more so with the very ambiguous ambiguity surrounding Obamacare. In many cases, insurance is not an option to legally ignore. Today's show is not going to be an Obamacare discussion per se, although it will come up. Instead, let us look at the concept of insurance, why we need it, and what to do if you think you can't afford it. Some level, this show is for you. If you're over 18 and driving, insurance is a question that has come up in your life. And as we get older and include more life experiences and directions, the insurance question and the variety of insurances come up for you. So this show is definitely for you. And this show was actually triggered because a friend of mine posted her recent hospital bill on Facebook, and here is what she shared. Well, she put a picture of her, of her bill, which if you're looking at the show page, it's one of the items here minus her identity. Um, but here is what she said when she posted the picture of her bill. Very thankful for insurance. However, at the same time, how do people sleep at night? I really should have just went with a bottle of vodka and toughed it out. Would have been way more fun and a lot less expensive. Well, her post triggered a couple of comments below that. One was uh, from a person named Maggie, and she said, my brother-in-law had a hospital bill over a million and a half. He almost died twice in the hospital. His portion was only $1,500. Thank God. And then another person said, I agree, baby girl has eight cavities and the prospect of bringing her to the dentist to find out was enough to make me panic because I don't have insurance. 
$200 plus for the exam and cleaning. Has to go to another pediatric dentist for the corrective work. I don't even want to think what that will cost. <clears throat> Guys, I'm not feeling all that great. Bear with me. The show must go on. All right. So people need insurance for a variety of reasons. In some cases, insurance is required by law. However, there are policies that, though not mandatory, you, you do need to give necessary protection should you suffer a financial loss. And when you do have an insurance policy, there are certain rights and protections that you will have under your state law. Different stages of your life will require different insurance needs. So it is important to review your policies at least once a year to make sure you have the best policy to fit your lifestyle. There are many types of insurances, and this show is not focusing on any specific type. We're just having a general issue discussion here on the need for insurance altogether. There is a home on the street where I live here in Tampa, Florida, that burned a few years ago, killing the owner. He came home tired from work, set some food to cook, and fell asleep in his sofa waiting for the food to be ready. The house burned, and he actually died of smoke inhalation. He wasn't actually burnt because the neighbors had hurriedly called 911. This gentleman had no wife or children, so his father was the sole beneficiary of the house. This house, now free and clear, paid off by the policies that he had, with repairs totaling less than the policy payout, his father had a small profit reselling the renovated house. Now, my grandmother was a very frugal woman all her life, and she saved her money for a rainy day. The problem was her extended lifespan, high health care deductibles, and finally, the plummet in the value of her investments due to the recent recession took away all her financial cushion to the point where her care became my financial burden and her burial the result of many families and friends chipping in to help cover that expense. But here's the real burden that I carry that pains me till this day with regards to her. When my grandmother came into my care, first thing that I did was review all her paperwork and her policies. Now, she had insisted that she had life insurance, but when I checked, her policy was simply a policy against her life that would only pay out if, and only if, she died in an accident. Ignorance and maybe budget issues at the time may have influenced her decision when she purchased it, but when I realized the problem, it was already too late. She was too old, and even with a willingness to pay any amount, there was no carrier out there that would insure her. Another painful story comes from my adventures in insurance sales. Yes, I do hold uh, the life insurance uh, credentials, um, actually life health and other. I hold insurance credentials, but because of my focus on sharing the message of debt-free wealth, those licenses today serve me more for credibility to share on this topic with you than, it, than I am talking about my sales activities as an income source from insurance. So when selling insurance was my main income focus, you know, 
there was a single mom in her late 20s that realized the value in taking out insurance on her life and her two children in a bulk policy. However, upon review of the medical files, the MIB, no, I don't mean the men in black, that's the Medical Information Bureau, decided that her four-year-old would not qualify for life insurance at all. We're talking life insurance here. You see, this child had a medically documented history of repeated hospitalizations for seizures. And at four, this child could not qualify for life insurance. Now, under Obamacare, he could never be denied health insurance. But life insurance is another matter. You see, unless his health dramatically changes in the coming years, this young man will move into adulthood without the ability to purchase life insurance. And when the inevitable happens, because we all, all are going to die, he or his family will have to bear the entire cost of his burial from their pockets. And today the cheapest funeral is about 10, 10 grand, unless, of course, you're opting for cremation. Which brings me to another point. That single experience changed my own perspective on why I thought a person should consider getting life insurance on their young children. I can tell you, before I got qualified in the insurance industry, I did not carry life insurance on my children. In my mind, I rejected that idea vehemently. And I used to be heard saying that I did not want to profit from my children's death. However, guess what, guys? Children do die. This is the unfortunate reality of life. And unless you have the funds to afford that funeral, a life insurance policy is very helpful during that very painful time. More importantly, the earlier that you secure a policy on your child, should life unfold to show a debilitating health issue, as in the case of that four-year-old with seizures, as long as you don't allow that policy to lapse, that, that child is usually able to move into adulthood with at least that minimum coverage on their life. So if you buy a $100,000 policy on a child's life now, and later on the MIB decides that they are a risk for further insurance, as long as you don't let that life policy lapse, that child can continue through life with at least that minimum coverage. Folks, you may be doing your child an incredible future favor that will pay off if you secure a life policy early in their life. Some of these policies even have options to help with uh, college and investments and savings and other things like that. Here's another story. And, and actually, this story is the reason why I shifted my, ter my view on term life insurance. Guys, you're hearing a lot of my mind shifts that have come out of my life experiences in this industry. You just heard about my shift in thinking about why children should be insured. Now you're going to get my shift on, on uh, my view of term life insurance. Now, some of you may have heard some of the gurus in this space, like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman, say, buy term and invest the difference. Well, I won't take on those financial giants, but I will say this. That strategy is fantastic if, repeat, if you're under 45 years old at the time of taking out your policy and, so there's an if and an and, and you did not go through, you do not go through a recession like the one the world just endured between 2006 and 2010. Here's the thing. 
this was a, this was an experience that caused my shift. My mother bought term life insurance from me several years ago. She had investments, and my parents were very financially secure. However, the lore of the real estate bubble coaxed my parents to pull substantial equity from their home and their investments to invest in the real estate market. That plus the balance of their insurance taking a hit with Wall Street's fall during that era left my folks in a very bad financial way. Now, as we reassess the damage, one of the things that we reviewed, of course, was their various insurance policies. You see, my parents were now approaching their 70s at the time, and term life policies tend to lose their affordability right around that mark. The idea of term life is buy by very affordable term and invest the money, the difference that you would otherwise have spent had you bought the more expensive whole life policy. So that's the whole concept of buy term invest the difference. The concept is the, the, term, the term policy is very affordable and you should be very financially wise and take that saving and invest towards your retirement. So by the time you hit retirement, you're fully funded and no longer needing insurance. Well, my mother's term life policy was up for review and the $180 a month payment per month that she was making was scheduled to jump to $1,300 a month if she intended to keep that term life policy beyond age 70. Now remember, I was her agent. And apart from the fact that I knew that she could not afford a $1,300 a month payment, the aha button went off for me that while term insurance has its merit, it does, it has that merit with limitations. Had the recession not taken her retirement cushion away, my mother would have been a poster child for buy term and invest the difference because she would have been able to afford her retirement. However, their retirement money pretty much evaporated away with the recession, and now that term insurance was no longer the way for her to afford life insurance had she kept it. The little funds that she needed to, to, to keep financing her life was to finance her life, not her burial, and to pay the exorbitant premium for term beyond age 70 made no financial sense. So while she could still qualify because she wasn't 70 yet, we, what we did was we rolled her into a whole life policy, and it cost her less than $450 a month, and that would carry her for her whole life till the day she died, and that was significantly less than the $1,300 per month uh, term life uh, continued payment. Term life is for younger people who will diligently, let me repeat, diligently set their retirement funds aside so that at age 70, they no longer need a life insurance policy because they have enough funds to carry them through the rest of their lifespan and pay for their funeral. If this does not sound like you, if you do not have enough years ahead to aggressively create a retirement cushion that will last your whole life and pay for your burial, a term policy is not the best option for you. Unless, of course, you have no other option. 
On top of that, the longer you wait to buy a whole life policy, the more that policy will cost you. Had my mom had a whole life policy all those years and, and bought it in her young adult life, her premium would not have probably been much more than the $180 she was paying for term by the time she bought it, and it would have carried her until the day she died. But now if you're on a very tight budget and you are years away from 70, then term life is still better than having no policy in place. Think of it this way. You can get a term life policy for, and I'm just going to use some numbers here because quotes are completely unique to each person. But for $25 a month, a person could be covered for, say, $50,000 to $500,000, depending on when you took out the policy. Now, if you took out that term policy and you died, at, you died before age 70, no matter how long you paid into that policy, you would have actually left a profit on your money. Let's say you pay $25 a month for 45 years. Guys, that only calculates a total expense of $13,500 during the entire lifetime of that payment. So if you died before age 70 and your family got a payout of even $50,000, not even the $500,000, let's say $50,000, that would pay for your funeral and still leave quite a bit behind for your family. I would never say an insurance policy is really an investment in the true sense. But come on, where do we find investments that pay out like that? 13500 13, slowly paid over a long period and returned dollars to $500,000 to your family? Indeed, term life is better than no life policy at all. But you have to die before age 70 for your family to see those benefits. You have to die before age 70 for them to see that benefit. I'm going to play a clip here. Uh, uh, there was someone who uh, knew the show was coming and wasn't able to call in, and she wanted to share her story. So let me go ahead and play t this clip from Terry. Okay, so caller, what's your name? Terry Trepanier. And Terry, awesome for you for calling in. Can you just share with us why you think people should need insurance and what to do if they think they can't afford it? Sure, I would be more than happy to. I think the best way for me to answer that question is to just tell you a story. And the story has to do with my husband. In November of 2003, while my husband was working, um, at a local automotive shop, um, an exhaust component from a car actually fell from the car and, fell and hit him on the back of the head. He was left with um, a severe head injury that actually put him out of work and ended his career. Um, because we had some insurance policies in place, and I'll go through a few of those, but um, because we had those insurance policies in place, um, as hard as that was and as difficult as the time was for him to watch him suffer the way he did, we got a lot of help from our insurance policies. And let me just explain what I mean by that. As far as our health insurance, um, obviously they took care of his medical needs. Um, the, the second thing was we had some mortgage insurance in place, which helped to pay for our mortgage. 
and then we had a disability policy in place, which did help to obviously bring in some income so I could concentrate more on making sure that he was taken care of um, medically and while not having to worry um, so much about our finances and taking, making sure that our bills were paid and obviously uh, protecting our home because um, that was of utmost importance. We had worked so hard for it up until that point and we just didn't want to lose it. And then the last insurance policy um, was an accident policy, and that policy helped, again, to help to bring in a little bit of extra income because it was an accident. It helped to give him some extra extra income that we could use any way that we wanted to. I can definitely tell you that without our insurance policy, I know insurance policies, I know that we would have, I don't really even like to think where we would have been. Um, Definitely, we probably would have lost our home as it was. We went through our entire savings, and um, it, it was just a very difficult time. I can't, I can't even begin to, again, can't even begin to tell you where we would be now without those policies. Um, as far as your question about what do you feel like if you can't afford it, I always say um, you just, if you don't, until something happens to you like this, I think we all at one point in our lives feel like we're kind of invincible. And then when something happens, we realize exactly how important those policies are. I have to be honest with some of those policies. A lot of them he got through his, his employer. Um, when he brought them home to me to look at, I was like, oh, we don't really need that. Until again, when we had to use them, we realized just how important that they were. I look at his insurance. I look at insurance is everyday life is just challenging enough when things are going well. If you add an unexpected illness or even an injury like he went through, it can lead to just some financial hardship and your life being really thrown totally upside down. For me, insurance adds um, some security, peace of mind, and really hope. Um, It's just about celebrating life. It's about survival after something bad happens to you. Um, it's the way I always look at it, it's about love for our family, our lifestyle, and, and really, most importantly, ourselves. Um, without it, we just don't know where where our life can be. Again, if, if we wouldn't have had it in place, I just don't know where we would be today. And so I'm grateful that we did have it, and I'm, I'm, I know of the importance of it, and it's it's like a no-brainer for me. It's it's something that we automatically take care of immediately. I hope that answers your question. Awesome, Terry. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And uh, yep. maybe someone will have a question that um, based on what you just said. So thank you so much for calling in. No problem. Okay. So commercial, commercially, we will need insurance as well to protect our businesses. And again, many policies are mandatory. In real estate or if you're in, in the insurance industry, for example, then we must carry errors and omission insurance. My church just got hit with lightning for the 14th time in 20 years, and I heard the, uh, the church elders talking about getting rid of the steeple, an icon of the church in the community, but it seems to be the conduit for their electric troubles. The reason for the urgency is because they had been dropped by the third property insurance company, and, with all, and it was getting more difficult to find a carrier, and their premiums escalated with each new policy. However, to not carry 
insurance is not only not an option, but also to bear the full brunt of restoring all the computers, audio equipment, air conditioning, and more would be more debilitating than paying for a policy. My sister-in-law lives in Boston, the Mitt Romney state that has carried the Obamacare-like mandate for some time. The hardship for her is, before the mandate, she opted not to hold health insurance. And she was a health nut who lived a very careful life. However, with the mandate, she was now forced to carry the insurance or be fined and possibly imprisoned. Here's the problem. At a $2,500 deductible, my sister-in-law is forced to pay the health insurance, but she still can't use it because she cannot afford to pay the deductible. She is healthy, and the few times that she may have considered going to the doctor, it would put her out of pocket to meet the deductible before the policy actually kicked in. So she continues to self-medicate to this day and resents having to pay the policy. However, I have noticed that over the years, as she gets older, she is seeming to find more value in having that policy. So what do you do if you truly cannot afford to pay for insurance? Well, if you're an entrepreneur, instead of operating your business under your social security number, you should consider incorporating or becoming an LLC to limit your exposure and liability. When shopping for a car, if you truly cannot afford the higher premium, then do not choose a red sports car. Did you know that your zip code can also impact your auto policy premium? If you know that you're going to relocate, ask your insurer about zip code quotes and see if you can find nice accommodations in the better zip code. If your family has a history of diabetes or heart disease, then work on keeping a healthy weight and make better food choices. Shop around, of course, for better quotes. And there's so many more um, strategies a person can take. But unfortunately, you can try to keep a low profile, play it safe, and cross your fingers that all goes well. But we know life doesn't work that way. Those who work hard to stay healthy may become victim of a, of a drunk driver. You do everything to avoid risk when someone decides to sue you. There are some things you can do to minimize your risk, but there is no way to totally eliminate risk and disaster from your life. And ignoring things and sticking your head in the sand won't make those issues go away. In some cases, some of us are playing with fire and then crying when we get burned. Long and short of it, guys, if you cannot afford insurance, then you will have to pay the piper. If you do not have the funds to pay, then plan to defend your personal assets in a bankruptcy court. The only people in my estimation who seem impervious to the cost of insurance are those whose existence is at the courtesy of Uncle Sam. If the government gives you your Medicaid, a free cell phone that they replace when you lose or damage it, gives you cash assistance for miscellaneous expenses, a free or virtually rent-free home via Section 8, food stamps, and pays you back more than you earned at tax time, then you, my friend, may not need insurance. Even if you deserve to be, you know, to be sued, any lawyer doing any kind of asset assessment will determine that with those things under your belt, Medicaid, food stamps, etc., that you are unable to pay and may dissuade their client from pursuing you or opt not to take the case. But for the rest of us who work for a living, unless you are fully funded where you can write that check to cover every loss, then you, my friend, you 
need insurance. It's as simple as that. However, if you, however you found this show today, built into the show description, I'm going to go back and update it with some links and to resources for you to consider as you review your insurance needs and review the policies that you currently hold, which you should do at least annually, guys. Now, <clears throat> the easiest way to connect with me is to download my app on your smartphone. Then all my content, like today's show and my videos, books and more, are simply a click away. Go to the Google Play Store on your smartphone and type in Trudy Behrman and download my app on your Android device. That is the easiest way to connect with Debt Free Wealth Radio without going through a ton of steps. And the app for the Apple device will be coming soon. So join us next week on Debt Free Wealth Radio. We'll be talking about gold and silver. And uh, guys, thank you for tuning in to today's show. 2014 is the year for your abundance. Let's pick up the momentum and press on for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Trudy Behrman here saying I love you all and I'll see you next week. 